Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Welcome once again to our podcast, Always Abounding. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is your host, Brother Keith Stences, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa. And uh, East Africa, what is involved with East Africa? Well, East Africa right now is uh, South Sudan. It is uh, Kenya. It is uh, Burundi. It is Rwanda, Uganda, Tanzania, and we just added uh, another country of uh, the Congo is now part of the East Africa Union. And uh, so we're over here uh, in the eastern part of the country, uh, or the continent, I should say, of Africa. And uh, we are right on the equator. As a matter of fact, today, uh, as I drove from the capital city to Masaka, I crossed the equator, and uh, we do that quite frequently. And uh, it's very interesting. We uh, many times do all of our business. We do our shopping. All that kind of stuff is north of the equator, and uh, then we live and minister south of the equator, and uh, so very, very interesting uh, concept there, and uh, so if you ever visit us, uh, that's one of the unique things about visiting here in Uganda is that you can visit the equator and be right on the outermost part of the earth. And uh, I don't know what that does for you, but uh, you can say you've done it. And you can even buy a (laughs) t-shirt to say that you've done it. Amen. Well, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, your labor for the Lord is not in vain. And that's why it is very important that we always abound in the work of the Lord. And uh, we are trying to do our level best here. We are not perfect by any means. And uh, I tell the Lord all the time, Lord, I don't know how you use me. I don't know why you use me uh, because I fail you so much. And, uh, and yet he continues. He continues to use me uh, over and over and over. And I'm so grateful for that. The, Paul, said, uh, Paul said that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And uh, t- to me, that's, that's, that's amazing because how can anyone, how can anyone reach a point of faithfulness enough to please the Lord? And it just goes to show you uh, that God uses us in spite of ourselves, doesn't he? I mean, he really does. He uses us in spite of ourselves. There's none of us that deserve it. There's none of us that can stand up and, uh, and say that we are worthy. There's none of us who can stand up and say that we are qualified. Uh, but he uses us in spite of ourselves. And Paul even replied not too far after that, hey, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I was the lowest of the low. And, uh, and yet God counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Well, we're going to go back to uh, James today, and uh, we're going to look at a rather lengthy passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to make some comments about it. Uh, remember, the, we're, we're talking about always abounding in the work of the Lord, and uh, I chose to look at the book of James mostly because that was what we uh, did a verse-by-verse study of in our last TBI here in Masaka, and so it really picked my interest. Uh, remember, James is not necessarily uh, seen 
as a doctrinal book, but as a book of practical Christianity. And uh, from beginning to end, just encouraging believers, though that they are being persecuted and though they're being stretched from uh, one end of the world to the other, uh, there's a way they ought to be acting. There's a way they ought to be conducting themselves and uh, not allowing the things of the world to influence them. Uh, they need to be distinct. And, uh, and so as I look at this, these passages of Scripture through here, it's very important that we understand that the only way that we can always abound in the work of the Lord is we must, we must present ourselves uh, as becoming of the Lord. All right, we must present ourselves as becoming of the gospel because uh, everything is filtered through the messenger. And uh, you may have a message of salvation, but if your life is opposite of what you're preaching, then there's no one that's going to listen to that. And and so that's why over and over he says, be a hearer of the word, not a doer of the word. And and that's what we're going to be looking at a little bit here today. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna read these passages of scripture. And and honestly, through the years. This has been one of the uh, passages of Scripture that people have a hard time with because they have a hard time uh, reconciling James chapter 2 with with the book of Romans, where uh, Paul talks so much about faith, and yet it seems as if uh, he's teaching a works plus faith. And, and, and yet, again, in reality, as I look at this passage of Scripture, to me it is not a hard passage of Scripture to understand. You just you have to take it in the context of what he's talking about, all right? And uh, and so remember, he's talking to believers. He's talking to these saints. And uh, so let's start in verse number fourteen. And uh, we're going to go all the way to the end of the chapter. And obviously, again, there's no way that we can do a great exegesis on all of these words and verses and things. But I think we'll be able to get the point here of what he's trying to tell us to do and how we can apply this in our own lives as we endeavor to always abound in the work of the Lord. He says in verse number 14, What does it profit? What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? Okay, now, so he's, again, look at, he's talking about profit here. Okay, what profit is it, brethren? Oh, all right, we've, we've mentioned profit before. Profit is adding value. Okay, so he says, What profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? Okay, so if a man says, I have faith, but there's no works with the faith, can faith save him? Okay, you say, Well, what in the world is he talking about? Well, he gives an illustration here, verse number 15. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, And one of you say unto them, all right, so this is a brother or sister, all right, in Christ. These are fellow believers. If a brother or sister be naked, they don't have clothes, they're destitute of daily food. And one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful the body. What doth it profit? Okay, so he's using an illustration here. And again, the key here is profit. Okay, if I tell a person, "Hey, I see you have a need, and uh, and and I see you need clothes, and and I see you need food in your stomach," hey, depart. May you be warm and filled. Uh, go with God, and uh, I hope things work out for you. 
And, uh, and, and he says, what profit is there in that? Okay, what profit is there to acknowledge that they are a brother and sister in Christ, to acknowledge that they have a need, and yet let them go without meeting that need? All right, now, so in verse 17, he says, Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Okay, now, this is where it gets controversial because. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8, he says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, in that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the, the Bible is very clear that we are not saved by works. There, that, that, that is so obvious through the Scripture, through the book of Romans, through Ephesians, uh, in Titus, uh, over and over, verse after verse after verse after verse, we are not saved by works. However, if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8, he says, For by grace are you saved through faith, but that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But then notice the next verse, For we are his workmanship, created unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. All right, so... In, basically, what he's saying here is you, do, you are not saved by works, but true faith will be evident by the works that is produced from the faith. Okay, So the works do not produce the faith, but the faith ought to produce the works. If, if I try to do works in order to get faith, if I try to do works in order to get to heaven, then that's never going to work because works. there's no amount of works that I can do. There's no number of works that I can do uh, that will ever take away my sins. So I must come to Jesus Christ solely and strictly by faith, all right, by faith alone. Now, so but when I get saved, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So when I get saved, I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. That faith, if it is a real faith, will produce works. All right? It will produce works. So he says, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. So the faith is dead. So here you have somebody who's saying they have faith. Remember, uh, back up here in verse number 14, if a man say he hath faith, all right, this is not saying that he's saved. He's saying that he has faith. Now, whether you're saved or not, you can say you have faith, but how do, you, how do I know you have faith? The Bible says a tree is known by its faith fruit. By your fruit ye shall know them. Okay? So he says, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Why? Faith is not just going to stand alone. If you have faith, then it will produce good works. He says, we are his, cre we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in Him, in them. So God has ordained that we do good works. All right, and and 
all through the Bible, even the book of Hebrews, the Bible says God is not forgetful to uh, God is not forgetful of your works. All right, we are going to be uh, our works are going to pass through the fire. So everything about what we do as a believer is is about works. And you go through the New Testament, and uh, it's it, you, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to do this work, we need to do that work. All of these works are not to be done in order for you to go to heaven, but all of these works are to be done simply because of the fact that I am saved. So that's why he says you cannot just say you have faith. You don't just... It's not just a word thing. It's not just a matter of saying I have faith, and and that's just, okay, well, we're supposed to just believe that? Uh, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of religions around the world today that say they have faith. Well, are we just supposed to walk away and accept that? No. He says, hey, you need to understand that true saving faith will produce good works. All right? There, you can't separate the two. That's why he says if faith does not have the works, it's a dead faith. All right? It's, 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 it's words. It's, it's, it's maybe it's a uh, profession, uh, but it's a dead profession. It's a dead faith because true saving faith will produce good works. All right? Verse number 18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. And again, this, this, this verse here makes it so simple. A man may say, all right? So again, understand it doesn't mean that he is saved. He may say, uh, thou hast faith and I have works, all right? You, you have your faith, I have my works. And what does Paul say? He says, show me thy faith without thy works, all right? You, you, you show me your dead faith. You show me the fact that you, you're claiming this and claiming that, but there's no works to, to be involved in. But he says, here's what I'll do. I'll show you my faith by my works. Okay? So the evidence, I, again, let me reiterate, I am not trying to get to heaven because of my works. I was saved April 25th, 1986, in the sitting room of my home there in the country of uh of Italy when my dad was a missionary there. And I, I remember the moment I was saved. I remember the, the, the couch that I knelt uh, against there in, in the sitting room of our home where I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. So I am not trying to work to get to heaven. That has been done. That has been accomplished. But from the moment I got saved, there is within me a yearning and a desire because of the Holy Spirit of God who lives within me a desire to serve Christ, a desire to work for him, a desire to do for him. And so that's why James says here, listen, I will show you my faith by my works. Why? I can say what I, what, anything I want to say. I can say that I am a car. I can say that I'm a duck. I can say that I am whatever. But what proves what I say is the works behind it, okay? And so the works behind it. And so James is saying, I'm going to show you my faith by my works. Verse number 19, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils believe and tremble, all right? Again, he's saying, 
just because you say you have faith, just because you say you believe, and, and I use this a lot because uh, many times people in religion, well, I believe in God, and I believe this, and I believe that. That's fine. So do the devils. They believe. They tremble. Okay, you you believe there's one God. There's countless numbers of religions out there that that would say, "Hey, I believe in the one true God," and 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 they believe it with all their heart. But but that's not that's that's not proof enough to me that they are saved. That's not proof enough to me that they are born again. The, the devils believe in God. The but the devils tremble. All right. So verse number twenty. But wilt thou know, O vain man? that faith without works is dead. All right? He says, don't you understand this? Faith without works is dead. Just because the devil believes doesn't mean he's saved. Just because the devil trembles in the presence of God does not mean he's saved. All right? There will be works involved if there is true salvation. And so he says, he says, oh, vain man. And, and he uses that word vain because this is a person who is saying, okay? He is not truly saved. He is not truly born again. He is making a profession. He is saying uh, that he is saved, but he says, you're vain. You're empty. It's, it, you're useless. He says, don't you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? All right, faith without works is dead. So then he goes back into the Old Testament and he uses some examples here. He says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. So there came a point in Abraham's life where Abraham put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, uh, put his faith and trust in the, 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 the coming uh, Messiah, put his faith and trust in, 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 in the Lord. Now, so how do we know that he's saved? How do we know? The Bible says that when the Lord told him to offer up Isaac on the altar, all right, did that offering up of Isaac on the altar save him? No, he was already saved. He was already saved chapters before that when the Bible says he was looking up into heaven to count the stars, and the Bible says he believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. But what James is saying here, he's saying later on in Abraham's life, God says, all right, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac. I want you to take him up on the mount, and I want you to sacrifice him. And Abraham said, yes, sir. No complaint, no argument. He said, yes, sir. Now, what is that doing? That, that obedience, those works that he is doing in obedience to the Lord, is the evidence or the proof that he was saved, that he was born again, that he had put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Verse number 24, Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Now, again, don't take this word justified and, and, and just read into it and, and think that justified means like every other justified. Remember, you've got to look at the meanings. The word saved does not always mean saved from your sins. 
Okay, so this justified here in verse number 24, it is not talking about the justification wherein we're talking about how God sees us. Okay, this justification here is he was proven to be something. Okay, um, remember the Bible says that he, uh, the, the, the publican uh, that was praying before God, he, he being willing to justify himself, he was trying to prove himself to be something. Okay, and so that's what this justified is talking about here. It's not talking about a justification where that is an act of God that makes us righteous in his sight makes us as if we have never sinned. That's not what he's talking about here. He says, ye see then how that by works a man is justified, proven to be something and not by faith only. Okay, so this is the verse that many times people get hung up on. Well, how can they say that uh, works by works a man is justified? Well, again, you, you can't take the same word and, and, and think that it applies in the same way every time you use it. Okay, we've talked about that earlier. We talked about, remember back in James chapter 1, um, where uh, he talks about, uh, uh, in verse number 21, James 1, 21, he says, Whereby lay a, uh, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Again, the word save there does not mean save from your sins. It just simply means to rescue. It means to, to, to bring out from danger. Uh, and, and so you've, you've got to look at the words in context. So as we've been going through James chapter 2, all the way down, we've been, he, he's been talking about the fact that the works prove the faith. The works prove the faith. And so when he comes down here to verse number 24, he's not changing what he's been saying for the last few verses. He's saying the same thing. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified. He is proven to be something and not by faith only. So a man is not proven to be saved just by saying, I'm saved. Just by saying, I have faith. What is it, what's going to happen? The works are going to be there that will prove, that will give evidence of that salvation. Verse 25, likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works? Again, we see it again. When she received the messengers and sent them another way. Again, this justification is not the act of God. It is a proof of something. They, she was, her works justified her faith. Okay. Her, her works proved to those that saw her, Hey, this woman is not just saying she has faith with her mouth. She's not just saying it with her lips, but she is proving her faith through the works that she is doing. And by that, letting everyone know that she is a true child of God. Okay, so likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body, and here's how he concludes it, verse number 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. How do, you, how do you know a per? You, you talk to anyone. Most anyone is religious enough to say, oh, I have faith. Oh, I've been saved. I've been a Christian. I've been this. I've been that. Okay, that's fine. So let's just sit down and watch you for a while. And let's see if the works justify 
what you say with your mouth. That's, that's what this whole issue is here. And so what, what, what James is telling these guys is this. You guys have been scattered about. You've, you, you're, you're, because of the persecution, you're going this way and that way. And he's just simply reminding them, listen, you cannot go out there and just preach a faith of words. Okay? Now, I'm all for a faith of words. I'm all for preaching. I'm all, but listen, your manner of life, okay? Paul even acknowledged the fact. He says, you have seen my manner of life. Your manner of life has to match your faith. If your manner of life does not match your faith, then it is a good chance that you have dead faith. All right? Now, I understand that there is carnality involved. And you look at the Corinthian church, and they're, they're, they had some tremendous problems there. And, and I'll be honest with you, God, I don't know where you, you, you draw the line, because obviously the Bible teaches that you can be in carnality. And obviously, if you're in carnality, your works are not matching your faith. And, uh, and so I don't know the extent of how far that goes. But the point is this, I want my life, okay? I'm, I'm not trying to to look to the edge, and I'm not trying to get to see how close to the edge I can be. I want to make sure in my life that when people hear from my lips my faith, I want them to also see that the works that I am doing match my faith so that they can understand that my faith is a living, true, wholesome faith. All right? It's not a dead faith. So when I act in a carnal way, I may be saved, all right, because nothing changes that salvation. But what people are seeing, they're seeing a, disc- a discrepancy between what you say with your mouth and how you live with your life. And, and so this idea, again, of practical Christianity, he's saying, listen, as you go out in the world, as the persecution is pushing you to the far reaches of the world, he says, you better remember, you can't just go out there and talk about faith. You can't just go out there and, and, and say, look at my faith, because they're not, that's, that's, that's not what proves anything. He says, you need to make sure that your works match your faith, because that's how you know that someone has true faith. Amen? And uh, so a good passage of Scripture, again, uh, when you take passages of Scripture like this that uh, sometimes are hard to understand or maybe seem to say things, uh, just take your time, go through it, and remember Scripture does not contradict Scripture. And uh, always translate, always, uh, not translate, but always interpret uh, uh, somewhat difficult verses in light of verses that are very clear, and uh, you will not have any problems coming up with a true sense of the Word of God. Amen? And uh, so that is what he's talking about there, faith and works. And I hope and pray that you're not just someone out there uh, who is letting everybody know about your faith, uh, but I hope and pray that they are also... Uh, able to see the works that go along with your faith, because the Bible says there in verse 26, just as the body without the spirit is dead, uh, so faith uh, without works is dead also. I want a faith uh, 
Uh, I want my faith to be living. And, and you say, well, if you're saved, it is living. Yes, but my works prove the fact that it is living faith. Amen? And, uh, and so may that help us today as we uh, endeavor to always abound in the work of the Lord. If we're going to do the work of the Lord, then we've got to make sure that the work that we do is backing up the faith that we say that we have. Amen. Well, God bless you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in once again today. Continue to pray for our ministry here. Continue to pray for my wife, uh, please, as uh, she recovers from her knee surgery, which she has recently. And uh, so please pray for her. That would be such a blessing to keep her in your prayers. If you would pray for our family. Uh, we've got a couple of our kids back in the States going to be graduating uh, from Bible College this coming May, so I'm excited about what God's going to be doing in their life as well. And uh, pray for our safety over here. Pray that uh, God will enable us to have the health that we need uh, to be able to continue doing the work that God's called us to do here in Uganda, East Africa. Well, God bless you so much. If you've not done so already, uh, please uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And uh, every Friday, every Friday, we try to upload a new podcast just letting you know about what's happening here in Uganda, as well as encouraging you to always abound in the work of the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What a great promise that is. Amen. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.